Yo, 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 it's John Blankenship coming at you with the Hear Me Out podcast. I'm here today with Steffi Carpenter. Steffi, you want to say something to the people? No. <laughs> cool. Um, so, uh, we've kind of, I've got a list of so many things that I really want to get into uh, over the course of however many episodes this podcast ends up spanning. But one that I thought would be really cool to do with you is uh, movies and music, because that's kind of us in an entertainment nutshell. You're, you're the music one. I'm the movie one. Mm -hmm. And we make a big peanut butter and jelly movie (laughs) music sandwich, which probably doesn't taste that good. It probably tastes like a VHS tape and a CD and peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) <laughs> so uh a, a good, extra crunchy yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> so uh, a, a a lot of this kind of stemmed from we were having a conversation about uh the segment during the oscars right before eminem came out and did whatever he wants to call it <laughs> uh his palms are sweaty <laughs> yeah they uh they talked about all the all the iconic moments in movie history where where it wasn't just the uh you know it wasn't just the movie speaking it, it was mm-hmm. it was real artists it was composers it, it was people speaking through music it was um basically uh using music to show the mood to to tell you if someone's in danger um to be fun yeah to be fun to be adventurous <laughs> all kinds of stuff um so I mean, th- th- there's there's a lot that we could really talk about. I think I think a, a really decent place to start with is uh, composers, just because uh, Joker won for uh, best original score. Yes, it did. You're you're a big fan <laughs> of Joker. Yes, um, I am. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, so not every movie has a soundtrack like like a purchase soundtrack right um but most movies will have a score and uh it's, it's i mean it's really rare that they don't have a score it kind of makes you uncomfortable <coughs> if there's not a score happening yeah i you mean it, i mean you definitely notice that there's not a score there's a yeah yeah, yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> you're I, like damn this is awfully quiet <laughs> well even if it's not music too it's it, it's the the haunting fog noise Right. Or, I mean, I'd even... Lighthouse. I was about to say, I'd even consider the foghorn in Lighthouse a part of the score. But it's a that's a good score as well, like the actual music that part of it. That movie should not be funny. Every time I yes, think... Yes, it should. Every time I think of that movie, I start laughing. It's hilarious. <laughs> Tell me you're fond of me, lobster. I seen you sparring with the seamer. <laughs> Why'd you spill your beans? Oh man! I can't do it. That's a, yeah. That's a that's a stellar one. But uh, this the, we were kind of talking a little bit about it. We didn't want to get too far into it before. Um, yeah, we got really excited talking about like what, kind, like kind of trying to make a list of like what are we going to touch base on, and so we well, got to stop ourselves. From, yeah, 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 yeah. We like, like we. What about John Williams? And I was like, cut it out. Yeah, we. We were trying to save the natural conversation for the podcast itself. There's nothing natural <laughs> about any conversation that we could possibly have. Yeah, for sure. But you know, as authentic, much as possible. Yeah, authentic. Authentic's a good a good word for it. Um, you know, like a, thes- a thesaurus. 
Yeah. Uh, what's so so when you think of composers, who comes to mind? Like who who's big? I mean, John Williams. John Williams. Yeah, he's the one. Yeah, he's the big one. For for all the folks out there who aren't super familiar with the name, can you can you drop a couple? Oh, uh, <laughs> Jaws, Harry Potter, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. <laughs> uh, what else? Superman. Uh, I already said Jurassic Park. He's done a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, pretty much any big, obviously not all of them, but I mean, like any big iconic, you know, intro that you could possibly think of that you know, like that you recognize when you hear it, it's John Williams. John Williams is awesome. And, well, and, and he's, he's so like diverse. I mean, Jaws has nothing, like the sound of Jaws has nothing to do with Star Wars. <laughs> Yet somehow they're all, <clears throat> I'm not saying they're c- close in in the way they sound, but they, they're close. They, they're stylistically the same. Well, yeah. The, you, I mean, you could definitely tell us that John Williams, the orchestra song, is but... all, all kind of wrapped up together. And it's kind of like they all get in the same room and say like, all right, guys, we know what we're doing. We're working with John Williams. Like he wants a certain <laughs> just thing. do it. But like, that's what's <coughs> funny is I feel like out of all of them, Jaws is very different. And Harry Potter is very different. Harry Potter uses a lot of like chimes and not as much like string as his other like he uh, his other his other songs have a lot of like wind and string instruments and I feel like Harry Potter is very much it's I mean it sounds magical it's supposed to but like it it literally sounds like you are in a castle <laughs> yeah um it, uh, who is the other I I. Let me look him up really quick because I really don't want to mess his name up. Who are you looking for? Um, Predator, Back to the Future. Alan Silvestri? Is that what it is? I think it's what it is. Uh, Alan. Hold on. Let me, let me just look it's up. It's A-L-A-N. Back to the oh Future <laughs> score. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Jeez, it's not even telling me. Yeah, Alan Silvestri. See? Um, I knew it. I just, I couldn't, I didn't want to mess his name up. I want mm. people, like, if they want to look more into this stuff that we're talking about, I want them to be able to look up the right name. Well, see, I like him a lot, um, but they sound the exact same. Like, as soon as I saw Predator for the first time, being a Back to the Future, like, fanatic, mm-hmm. I, it so- I mean, it sounded exactly the same. Like, there's, he's another person who uses a lot of chimes, but that's pretty much, I mean, that's what he uses. Like, his little accent noises throughout, like... He uses his score it's as almost, emotion. It's almost sparkly. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. It sounds yeah. like it's like twinkling. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love him. I love. I love. He's I love cool, that he does he, that. It's just. It's, it's the same in both movies. He, he, yeah, and which is weird because you really wouldn't put Predator <laughs> with <laughs> Back to the Future. Could you imagine if Christopher Lloyd was in Predator? <laughs> no, I, I think he. I think he would make it out before Arnold. Oh my god, probably. Um. <laughs> But so a couple of things Alan Silvestri's done: uh, Avengers, Polar Express. Actually, he's done Avengers: Endgame, Infinity War. Damn, Captain Sullivan. America. Yeah, Captain America. I did not know. Well, and those don't sound really. I mean, he. Wow. So for the two of those, he really had a, a, a style going on because I did not know he did Avengers. Yeah, um, he's done the trilogy for Back to the Future. He's done Predator. Oh my God, he did Lindsay Lohan's Parent Trap. Parent Trap, right? Right. And uh, another one that's cool to talk about because he did uh forrest gump as well which is another robert zemeckis movie um robert zemeckis also did back to the future so 
you know, I I guess he kind of had something in mind for the both of them. It's a lot of a lot of violin. Yeah, a lot of uh, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like a, there's a lot of feeling. Not, <clears throat> I mean, not that John Williams doesn't have that, but yeah, there's like I mean, Alan uses the sounds he's making mm-hmm. like as the character's emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he kind of just like sprinkles it in there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> one I really wanted to talk about a lot was um, probably not just within my top three composers ever, but also my top three directors. Um, John Carpenter does all of his own. Well, let me, let me not generalize it. I'm not sure of that. I I know he does a lot of his classic scores Mm -hmm. and you've watched a couple of John Carpenter movies with me. Yes. You've seen Halloween. Mm -hmm. You've seen, did you watch uh, big trouble in little China? No, I haven't seen Um, it. I haven't seen a thing. You haven't seen. Damn. Well, the thing is actually not John Carpenter. I'm actually going to get into the the thing was done by my favorite composer. Um, we'll get into that in a minute. But um, <laughs> John Carpenter did Halloween. He did They Live. Uh, he did The Fog. He did uh, Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you guys could tell, but he's a massive Kurt Russell fan. <clears throat> yeah, not John Carpenter. Uh, this John. <laughs> Well, I'm a massive fan of John Carpenter, too. I'm a massive fan of yeah, Kurt Russell like, and John yeah. Carpenter, too. <laughs> and those boys get together, it's gold. So, um, but yeah, so uh, a lot of the times, especially what's kind of weird is you'll hear in The Fog, you'll hear in They Live, and you'll hear in Halloween, especially, um, that those are all horror or sci-fi movies that are scored basically mostly with a keyboard slash synthesizer super weird super off kilter um even more off kilter that the director's the one composing the music uh, also fun fact just throw this in there before i forget uh john carpenter also did a lot of the music on a lot of the uh halloween remakes the the sequels even though he wasn't directing any of them uh, i think that's pretty cool um just that he still kind of had a grasp on the series he was yeah, like he had his touch to it yeah, 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 yeah it wasn't it's more like paying respects to him like the man well he <laughs> so he wrote the second one and it's it's well noted that like like he said it in interview after interview after interview they were like what made you write halloween 2 like what where did you strike inspiration from and he was like i wasn't inspired they paid me well he was like, "Fuck it, I'm not. I'm super not. I will interested be in as it. inspired as you want me to yeah, be. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested in making a sequel. Run me my money. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, so he's good. Uh, uh, another one I like a lot is Riz Ortolani. He's um a lot of the old spaghetti western movies. I was gonna say he sounds like an Italian. Film. Oh yeah, yeah, and he he's great. Uh, a lot of a lot of um the older western sounding songs this is actually how i came into learning about him was uh a lot of the tarantino movies that take uh movies as inspiration and use songs from older movies um use some of his songs mm-hmm. like i think it's in kill bill 2 there's a resort alani song and mm-hmm. i can't pronounce it because i can't speak italian but you can't no <laughs> um but the the last one I really wanted to talk about, and there's there's so many. I mean, like, it, I, it almost feels like a sin to be doing a podcast about movies and music and not talk about Hans Zimmer. But for me, uh, all all and above is Ineo Morricone. Um, 
the thing, uh, good, the bad, and the ugly, fistful of dollars, um, the hateful eight. Oh damn! Yeah, Did he do the hateful eight, mm-hmm. and he won his first Oscar for the hateful eight. Really? At like eighty-eight years old. Oh my god! He, he's the man. He really. It, it's so. Uh, it's so cool to see somebody who. So you know how I talk about like Rage Against the Machine, where it's like. It's all the same song, but I like the one song, so I'll keep listening to him. Okay. That's Enam Warconi. Enam Warconi's been making these same songs. He made the same songs for The Thing as he would 30, almost 40 years later for Hateful Eight, you know? Right. Like, he's still making these weirdly Western that fit in a sci fi horror movie uh, songs, and they're all awesome. I. I'm not ashamed to say that I listen to Neo Morricone songs driving down the road. You're a psychopath. Ecstasy of Gold, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Are I'm y'all hearing this? Stellar. This he, man has he, movie scores saved to his I do. Spotify. I've also got uh I've also got uh Unto Trouble, uh Red Dead Redemption. You know what? One. I can't I can't even say anything though, because I do have that song from uh from Django saved. I've got a couple songs from Django. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely break into that too. Um, Quentin Tarantino's got a lot of a lot of cool music in his. Um, actually, I mean, why not? We were just talking about him. Wait, why not break into that a little bit? Um, that dude. If you didn't know, Quentin Tarantino steals a lot of things from a lot of movies, and we give him a pass because he does it well. Well, I he, mean, he steals a ton of scenes. He steals plot lines. But he doesn't steal. Yeah, he, he doesn't he steal. He references. Tarantino, if you, Quentin There's Tarantino, analogies. if you're hearing this, I'm not pissed at you. Keep <laughs> doing what you're doing. It's just, they're very, and it's not analogies. You've, you've seen the video I was watching the other night. No, no, I mean, he'll straight up like the, verbatim yeah, take it. I'm, I'm saying The though. Mexican standoff at the end of Reservoir Dogs is stolen from another movie. Um yeah, but I mean, The Office stole it too. Are you? Are we gonna get mad at Michael Scott? Like, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, that's a good episode. <laughs> so, as as far as he's concerned, I think he might be one of the ones that pick music the best. Uh, pick music the best in terms of uh, songs that don't necessarily relate and songs that weren't made for the movie. Um, but somehow they all fit the mood. Um, jungle boogie and Pulp Fiction when they're walking into the bar, uh, there's not really anything funky about it, but, uh, Oh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. Jungle boogies when at the very beginning, when they're talking, it's right after Miserloo by Dick Dale mm-hmm. and, Jungle Boogie starts playing when they're in the car talking about the Royale cheese. You're, I mean, you're correcting it for them because I, yeah, really, yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. wouldn't believe you, whatever you yeah. said. <laughs> well, I mean, but, I, I can't but be wrong. I will say and bring up the fact that he did spend their entire music budget almost for Reservoir Dogs yeah. on Stuck in the Middle with You. Do you remember specifically for that scene? Do you remember what it was going to be if he couldn't get it? No, I don't. I forgot. Um, However, he I, actually was planning on canceling the entire movie. I don't know. If you guys knew that. Well, he but. couldn't get he couldn't get um, uh, funding until Harvey Keitel came on board. Yeah, exactly. Harvey Keitel read the script and he was like, "What did it go from like? It was like he had thirty six thousand like, dollars to like he had one point like three million or something like 1. that. One point eight. 
1.8 um, He had like. Maybe it was like a sixty thousand dollars. It was like it was. I don't even think it crossed six digits for real. Maybe maybe it didn't. I, I really don't. I mean, I don't really. Don't recall. quote me on As that. As you guys can tell, we don't do a lot of research. This is all kind of <laughs> no, 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 no. We do research in the moment, and then what happens is, I mean, we probably looked that up like a month ago, and then I'm like, damn, what did it say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Like we look up a lot of stuff, we just don't necessarily retain it. Is the problem <laughs> right? Like, don't test me, please. Yeah, like I cannot pass a quiz. <laughs> uh, but so so in my opinion, really, uh, a lot. I'm ready for the hate. I'm just gonna put that out oh, there. God, I think my favorite uh, soundtrack for a Tarantino movie is Death Proof. Kurt Russell, uh, Rosario Dawson. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, all them, I, dude, killer. There, there's so much soul music. There's so much old rock music. I mean, it's a movie about a killer stuntman in a death-proof car. Like you need <laughs> that kills, yeah, his victims in the passenger seat. Yeah, and somehow, man. <laughs> And Kurt Beautiful Russell life. with a scar on his face with an icy hot jacket on. Like, coolest, the coolest idea for a movie ever. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people say it's his worst movie. Well. I definitely disagree. I think Jackie Brown's the worst movie. What? You haven't seen Jackie Brown, have you? I've seen pieces. <laughs> I know what you think the worst movie is from him. Oh, Once Upon a Time? <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I'm like going through them. I'm like, they're all good. And I was like, no, they're not. Actually, yeah. my bad. Well. Not to, my favorite. To, to throw this out there, I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I loved it in the theater. It was it was kind of a big thing for us when we walked out. It was it was such a serious like <laughs> debate between the two of us. Because like I as long as I can remember watching movies that I was old enough to watch Tarantino movies, I, I've been watching them. And I think it fit right into his style, but she didn't. It doesn't, man. You literally, he could have chopped off a whole, I mean, nothing. It's just, it's not, it's too long. It took too long to become a Tarantino movie for me. It really did. That's super ballsy really after did. The Hateful Eight came out. The the Hateful Eight is. But that felt like a Tarantino movie from the, from the jump. It's because it's a Western though. Well, so was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, technically. No. He's an actor geez, in a Western. Get that. He's an actor in the Western. Yeah, and California's in the West, right? <laughs> That's not what I meant. What I'm saying is oh, <laughs> the man. elements were there and it still didn't feel like a Tarantino movie to me. Um, Before we get off this subject, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did have a cool soundtrack. Soundtrack, excuse me. Uh, Kill Bill 1 and 2 had cool ones. Django had one of the best. Django did. Hateful. There's a, there's a yeah. lot of variety in Django's. Mm -hmm. Well, th there's like jokes all over the internet about the fact that they're, you know, uh, Calvin Candy's walking him down the, the field and it's a uh, hundred black coffins by Rick Ross playing. Mm -hmm. And then during the shootout scene, it's Tupac and James Brown mashup. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was just cool that he, I, and he, he does it a lot, but he'll, he'll use um, modern day songs in old uh, ways. He'll use them for, you know, movies about the 1700s or something. Um, what are you looking at? Nothing. Okay. Um, that sounded confrontational, didn't it? I know. Yeah, beat my ass. I was about to say if they can't <laughs> see us. At? They can't see us, so it might have just been like you glared at me. Um, yeah, so don't mess with me. Um, All right. <laughs> another movie. This is actually a cool segue from, in, in my opinion. Another movie that she hated and I loved was Three from Hell from Rob Zombie. Oh 
God. Uh, Rob Zombie is a musician, so I think he has a he has a very interesting way of placing music into his movies, and which I appreciated in House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. I just don't think Three from Hell was good. Yeah, I think Three from Hell was made to be like specifically for his fan, like like. <laughs> It was it was just it was just for his fans, man. Like it's it's it was only made to be there as like a reunion for his characters for his fans to watch it. I think it was fan service as well. I enjoyed it, but I I do really think it was fan service. And I think this is one of those situations where you should have let sleeping dogs lie. Only in the case of uh just just the idea that like that's if you haven't watched Devil's Rejects or finished it, please skip a little ahead. Um, the end of <laughs> Devil's Rejects is such a good send out. That's what I'm saying. Like you the, really can't you, top that. You go out in a blaze of glory, Captain Spaulding, Otis, and well, and you Baby. were and you were content with knowing that they were like dead. And another thing, like you, and and you were content thing, with it. That leads right back into the subject. Is that last is one of one of my favorite music moments in movies was. The, the the big shootout at the end of Devil's Rejects. There, there's a huge lineup of cops on this big mountain road, and the the Devil's Rejects, the three of them, are driving in a convertible car towards it, and they all decide like one last showdown, one last you know battle royale. Let, let's go out in a blaze of glory. And Freebird's playing, and just as they all stand up and cock their shotguns, the guitar solo starts playing, and it's just this big hellbilly redneck. <laughs> mash up fucking disgusting piece of shit like but i love it i love how filthy those movies are they i i love everything about them and uh in both house of a thousand corpses and three from hell they use a song from slim whitman who's an old old like classical country singer and they use them really really well so if you haven't seen those scenes uh look up Either okay, but rewind if you haven't seen the movies. If you yeah. haven't seen House of a Thousand Corpses and the Devil's Rejects, I don't care about Three from Hell. You can watch it if you want to. But if you have not seen the first two, they, I mean, they're iconic. Yeah. They, I mean, they're really, they're really good. Yeah, watch the first two before you decide if you want to see Three from Hell, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you like them a lot, watch the third one. And I mean, they're, all, all his other movies as well. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Halloween one, not such a big fan of Halloween two. Um, 31 was dope. Uh, I feel like I'm missing. Lords of Salem, I haven't seen that. Uh, am I missing one? Um, not <clears throat> that I... I really don't think I am. <clears throat> no. Oh, the Haunted Haunted World of El Superbisto, the cartoon. I haven't seen that either. Yeah, so that, but... that would have never, never okay. left my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. As far as other directors we were talking about, um, Wes Anderson's cool. He He's more of a score himself like he uses scores yeah as well. it's not so much it, like it's songs a, written it's it. a lot of uh fairies prancing in the field you know it's a lot of pan flutes pianos stuff like that um coen brothers are cool coen brothers oh cool. man my childhood revolved around oh brother we're at that yeah point. man of constant sorrow a my, lot of folk music my mom had that cd in her green minivan yeah now it's in my car oh my god it is yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. But no, like <laughs> I'll fly away. 
Yeah, yeah. Down to the river. Yeah. Man of Constant Sorrow. It's a cool, it's a cool. I mean, it had its cool own. Cool soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, it had just enough of songs that were written for it and enough songs that they, like, like I'll Fly Away has been a song for forever, but like yeah. it really just fit in that style. of I, I really, I really love that movie. There's, um, No Country for Old Men was more of a score, so it was Raising Arizona. Um, he did Raising, oh, they, they did. Yeah, they did Raising Are Arizona. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> See, she's learning something today. I had no idea. Um, Love raising Arizona. <laughs> Fargo was a lot of score as well. My my absolute favorite soundtrack from them. Man, just I could listen to it on repeat. Was the Big Lebowski? Uh, shout ben, shout out my man Ben yeah. <laughs> Ben uh, Cocus, right? Last yeah. name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. I don't really remember your last name. Like he, he don't actually know Ben. He's just making Ben up. I right like now. Ben though. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Big Lebowski's great. It, it's nothing but stoner rock. It, it's Bob Dylan, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Uh, Which is goes back to Forrest Gump. Every time I hear season yeah. I think of Forrest Gump. Um, <laughs> what, I think there's like a Bob Seger song in it too. It, just a lot of a lot of old cool music in that movie. Um, what other directors can we what think of? What was the movie we watched that we it had so many popular songs and i kept asking you what their budget was for their music oh it's the one with the with uh, matthew mcconaughey with uh dazing confused yeah oh yeah i watched that for the first time oh, hell and i'm yeah. like every three minutes dude i'm glad was... you thought of that we didn't write that that's one that's I'm a saying. badass movie well, no, with a great soundtrack it, it just reminded me because we were watching it for the first time well he had seen it before i had never seen it before damn that's and i was watching one. it and i'm sitting in the living room and like every three minutes another another big like a hit i'm like how much money did they have like <laughs> right off the bat they blow off with uh sweet emotion yeah Aerosmith. like how can you afford aerosmith what else is other it? Music? there's tuesday I'm gone uh, leonard skinner there's free ride up. by edgar winter Dazed and, and a lot of these are older songs i know a lot of you guys haven't heard them i'm not trying to be pretentious like i'm just saying like a lot of these are kind of obscure so the uh, uh, okay okay Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, school's Out, Alice Cooper. <laughs> Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo, Slow Ride from Foghat. Yep, School's Out, Alice Cooper. Tush, uh, Tush from ZZ Top. Yeah. Strangle Love Hurts. Ted Nugent. Love Cherry Hurts. Bomb. Oh, my God. Low Rider. Tuesday's Gone, Highway Star, Rock and Roll at Night from Kiss, and Paranoid from Black That's Sabbath. That's right. How the, did they afford the, this? The kiss, scene, the kiss scene is when they stole the, the statue yes. off of the mm-hmm. school and painted Gene Simmons' face on it. That yep. was that's a cool. Scene. I'm just. That's what I'm saying. Like we were watching this. I mean, and that's that's 14 songs right there that are like. Most all right, all right, all right. <laughs> that's the thing about high school girls. <laughs> yeah, dude. Super, super cool movie. When you when you mentioned a movie with big music budget, was I thought I thought you were talking about Baby Driver. Ah, oh, damn. Yeah. But I mean, that's also like they probably had a big budget to begin with. They had Kevin Kevin Spacey before all the stuff went down. Um. But they had Kevin Spacey. Well, they had Edgar Wright after all. That's his most recent movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that's after Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, and Scott Pilgrim. Right. Like Exactly. Well, and that's the thing. They've got that, a lot I mean, of faith in him at that point. Well, yeah. I mean, they had to have at least a decent budget because, like I was saying, I mean, it had Kevin Spacey, who is, I mean, he's a shit show, but he's a star-studded actor. They had Jamie Foxx. They had John what's Hamm. His, yeah, John, John Hamm. They had What's-His-Face. Ansel Elgort. Yeah, they had What's-His-Face from Walking Dead. John Bernthal. Yep. And so I'm like, I mean, it was Star Center from the get-go, so they had to have some sort of big budget. Yeah. But, I mean, they used, they had Easy from the Commodores. They had Queen 
Brighton Rock. Yeah, Brighton Queen. Rock. Yeah. I mean, that whole soundtrack is good. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good one, man. And I, I love that movie in general. I really do love that movie. It is a good one. It is a good one. Uh, let's see. <laughs> he said, I told you to get the Halloween mask. These are Halloween masks. No, what Michael it, Myers mask. What's the one where he says, um, what? he puts the Asian in home invasion. Oh, <laughs> That's the funniest line in that movie. Uh, <clears throat> and then um, the other, the last director I wanted to talk about as far as directors picking songs was Martin Scorsese. Uh, the the first song that comes to mind when I think of this was, because you haven't seen this movie, so it's going to be a bummer because you can't really speak on it with as much passion as I can. But the... Uh, <laughs> Do y'all hear the way he just said that? The the execution <laughs> scene where, where they're... You still have the passion. You know? Not about this scene. It's Damn, awesome. relax. Shit. Oh, before we really get into Martin Scorsese, I just want to put out there through Edgar Wright, uh, the best music and movie scene of all time is was um, Shaun of the Dead scene where they uh, um, they I don't know why I'm coming to a oh yeah they were in the Winchester <coughs> excuse me I'm really excited now the go the, to the Winchester have a pint <laughs> no it was let's see if I can remember it. Uh, get in the car, go to mom's, kill Phil, sorry, go to Liz's, <laughs> get Liz, pick her up, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for everything to blow over. <laughs> now, how's that for a slice of fried gold? <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs> Watch that movie, dude. It is good. It is good. And it had Queen. <clears throat> it had Queen again. So that's that's what I was getting into. The, the scene, the best scene music-wise in movie <laughs> history, in my opinion... Again, skip this if you don't want the spoiler. Yeah, but you're 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 gonna you're gonna see it. Um, it's toward the end. Uh, the the bar owner comes back as a zombie, and the the jukebox that goes off at inappropriate times throughout the movie goes off like right as the zombie rises up, and it's "Don't Stop Me Now" by Queen, and they they break off into this like half attack, half like dance like dance routine yeah where they're like beating on the zombie but at the same time like it's all on beat it's great it's spectacular uh it's super funny and it goes on for almost the entirety of the song so don't don't just look up the scene watch the movie it's yeah so it's yeah the movie makes yeah. it so much better yeah yeah for sure it does um which speaking of queen so much bohemian rhapsody hold on before we get into that because because <laughs> biopics and movie movie about like musical icons and stuff that's its own thing i i really want to put out there martin scorsese's got a lot of dope movies with a lot of dope soundtracks wolf wall street uh the aviator is really cool um the irishman had cool stuff uh i like the irishman a lot of people think it's too long but i really liked it um gangs new york had a cool score but no moment in music, as far as Martin Scorsese movies, are, is ever going to beat the scene where you see all the gang executions and Layla by Eric, uh, Clapton. Eric Clapton's playing. Or Derek and the Dominoes, really. Well, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's Eric, Eric Clapton Clapton's singing. Um, but that scene is so cool and it's so memorable. It's, it's probably top three scenes in the movie. It, it's really awesome. Um, another one you got to check out. That Goodfellas is probably a top 20 movie of all time. I, I like it better than the godfather as far as uh Mafia gangster movie movies yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah gangster movies um but yeah back to what you were saying i i, I just wanted to spend a little bit of time and talk about that particular yeah. scene um 
Yeah, there's been an influx of biopics about. Uh, well, honestly, honestly, I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that, like, right now, like, the last, like, 10, 15 years has been, like, the age of nostalgia. Like, everyone, it's always, like... Man, that's always, 80s, though. 90s. Yeah, but, like... Uh, so, and, and, I mean, not that it has anything to do with movies or music at that, but... but it doesn't um, matter. Like um, I said, it's it's the movie the, podcast until the, it's not. What's the, uh... Shit! Freaks and Geeks. Great. So great Freaks show. and Geeks yeah. is a wonderful show that I desperately wish had more. More seasons, right? And I feel like it kind of flopped because when they when it came out, it just wasn't the right time for nostalgia. People were people were into new things. Well, and it came I out in the nineties, like, right? I think it came was it I think it was the late nineties. Which is screwed up because if you think about it, that is set in what, the eighties or the seventies? Now you got me it's not the seventies. Is it the seventies? I don't know, but what's really screwed up about that? It's been like three years since I watched it. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Freaks and Geeks is not as good as Daisy. It was 1999, and it takes place in 1980. So that's what I'm getting at. Is like the premise is beautiful, and it makes a lot of sense. But I feel like in 1999, that's a turn of the century. Everything's changing. It's becoming futuristic. Like everything was like the Matrix, and like like it was all new. Nobody really was ready for nostalgia yet. And I feel like in the last 10 or so years, it's just beca- like now you have Stranger Things. Yeah. Now you have, you know, I mean, like that's, I feel like that's why biopics have kind of resurfaced because like. Well, biopics have always been. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like big blockbuster but musical, ones. Musical before, before now, too. the only one I saw as a kid and even heard about was Ray. And that was a beautiful movie, but I'm saying like. Ray is a musical one. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's about Ray Charles. Well, I'm saying there's a, there's a ton of biopics out there, which. I'm not super big into biopics, but like, you know what I mean? But they're good. Sometimes. What I'm getting Most at, of the time, no, it's formulaic. But what I'm getting at is I feel like there's been a big influx in biopics in the last, like you you were just saying, like, you have I, Rocket Man. I'm being, yeah, I'm being more specific you know, about Rhapsody. about movie biopics. I mean, That's music biopics. That's what I'm getting um, at. Bohemian Rhapsody was a big one, obviously, because Remy Malek won the Oscar for it, mm-hmm. which... To be honest, I'm not mad about, but I think if he had stiffer competition, I think he wouldn't have won that Oscar. Well, yeah, but I, I think he did a good job. Though. That's I one of those movies it. that I, I love that movie. I really enjoyed going to see it, but I think... There's a little bit of bias on my end. Like I I'm, do, a big, I, I'm, yeah. I'm already a big Queen well, fan. Yeah, so I, think like. it, I think there's a little bit of bias on me too, but another thing is I've seen that movie, and don't get me wrong, I'm not even comparing it to Suicide Squad, but like I've seen it the way I saw Suicide Squad was like... I can't get I had fun and it's a good movie entangled. Like it's a good movie and I had a shit ton of fun. It's not a great movie with a well, shit ton of fun. Well it didn't win for best picture. I know, I know. I'm just saying his acting in it was stellar. Yeah, he was good. That's he, what I'm saying. You gotta was, kinda separate the, the yeah, premise of the movie from his yeah, acting. That's you know? really I true. I mean, like there was no point in time where I was like, damn, that's Remy Malik. Like the whole time I was watching it, I was like, shit, that's Freddie Mercury. You know like <laughs> You know who was originally set to play him, right? Yeah. Um. What's his face? Borat. So, yeah, such a bear Cohen. That would have been cool. He's a, he's a good actor. He just chooses not to do a bunch of good stuff. Um. What was it? Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. No, Boys not boy. Hood. Not Boys in the Hood. What? Uh, Straight Outta Compton. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, no, no. no. There. I was. I was thinking just NWA songs in general. Oh. Um. But yeah, Straight Outta Compton was. Of all the ones I can think about, that's probably my favorite. Wow, really? Well, another thing was like, I I was, 
I went on like opening day and it was me and Chase. Mm-hmm. Chase Collier, shout out Chase, what's up, buddy? Um <laughs> we went and I mean like we must have grabbed the last two seats. We were smashed in in between everybody and I've never been to a movie like a movie premiere or a movie that felt like more of a party. I was in there and me and Chase and everybody in there were singing along as these songs are being like sung in the movie. Like you see you see Ice Cube's like son. Like you're at a concert. Yeah, like you see Ice Cube's son, you know, all dressed up like Ice Cube and he gets in the booth in the movie and you're like, all right, I'm about to drop this verse in this movie theater. It, it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and another one was Rocket Man too. Mm-hmm. Rocket Man. Um, I didn't get to see it unfortunately, but Taron Edgerton won Golden Globe for it. Yeah. So yeah. I, uh, before we get off this topic, because speaking of, you said Shannon Compton is your favorite biopic. Yeah. What's yours? Walk the Line. Yeah. Damn. Walk the Line's great. <laughs> One, Joaquin Phoenix is the love of my life, and I don't care what podcast I'm in with you, I'm gonna bring up Joaquin Phoenix. He's good, he's good. And Johnny Cash is iconic. (laughs) Reese Witherspoon is iconic. And I feel like that is a movie that not only was the acting stellar, but even just the way they told the story was stellar. Like like that could have been a movie about a a made-up musician and his life, and I still would have cared about it. I kind of liked it because it kind of made... Johnny Cash out to be a dick, which he was. Which he was. When he, when he was young, he, he showed was, it enough. He was a super yeah, dick. Yeah, I mean, like, he was an alcoholic. He, I mean, he was, yeah, he was popper, a hot yeah. mess. He sucked. And yeah. I feel like, I feel like he really, Joaquin Phoenix did a wonderful job. And um, for someone, which goes back to if you're getting paid, uh, you do it. But for someone who doesn't really like to speak in front of a camera, much mm-hmm. less sing, for yeah. him for him to sing. And I mean, you said he doesn't sound like Johnny Cash. I think he did a pretty good job of sounding yeah. like Johnny Cash. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they have the, um, I guess, like, re, redone, remastered versions. It, and it's actually him and Reese Witherspoon singing. And it sounds, I mean, just like John and June. Well, yeah. And um, Walk the Line is kind of interesting because it it it, uh, it it walks that line. Oh, of Jesus Christ. <laughs> of being, you know, the, the songs that are, are pre-written. But they're also songs re-recorded for the movie. And that makes you think about like all these songs that are so neither the song would be as important without the movie. Mm-hmm. And the movie wouldn't be as important without the song. Yeah. You think of your jaws, like we talked about earlier. Right. Your breakfast club. Simple minds, don't forget Absolutely. about me. Yeah. You know. Um Rocky, gonna fly now. Huey Lewis in the news. Oh man. <laughs> Back to the future. T- two of them. That's oh that's true. American Psycho's got a. Uh, <laughs> dope, dope Huey Lewis in the news scene. Uh, you like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> yeah. Jared Leto gets fucking axed. Like it's great. I just, and I was, it's uh, great because I fucking hate Jared Leto. <laughs> I just love how the whole time he's like, "What is Jared Leto like drunk?" And he's, he's just drunk setting as up like shit because they went to Dorzia's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's just he's just setting it up for his murder, and he's just not even paying attention. What's he say? He's like. What's up with this newspaper? Do you have a little dog, like a chow or something? <laughs> and the whole time, homeboys, Christian Bale's in the back putting his raincoat on. He's like, nope, no dog, just an axe, you know? <laughs> really about to I fuck you up. Yeah, really. Yeah. That, that, that's a cool scene. But um, Well, and then with Back to the Future, yeah. and I've, I've seen, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's on Netflix. Uh, there's a documentary called Back in Time. It's on Hulu. 
Is it on Hulu? Yes. Oh, it was on yeah. Netflix. She's Are we sure? To, yeah. She's trying to give you all false, false information, folks. Well, you'll figure She's it out. She's sending you on a, on a bad run listen, there. Listen, listen. You'll figure it out when you can't find it on Netflix. But <laughs> um, it's called Back in Time. It's a documentary about the movies. And um, in it, they actually interview Huey Lewis. And he talks about how he was pretty much told, like, we need a song for this movie. And he was like, well, I don't know how to write a song about time machines. And they were, yeah. like, they were like, it doesn't have to be just write us a song. So he created... A, Power of Love. Yeah, a, a, a super generic, <laughs> like generic pop, yeah. pop rock song. But I tell you what, it fits and yeah. it works, and it doesn't make any sense with the movie at all. Well, it would have been. But it is beautiful. Like it, that first scene where Marty is holding on in the back of the truck on his. Oh my god! I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me it's eight twenty-five? What is <laughs> shit? I'm late for school. I'm late for school. <laughs> What's the um? What does he say? No, he goes, damn. That's what I'm late like. for school. What does he say when he hits the power cord and the amp blows him back? Rock and roll. Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we should have we should have uh Damn, I could quote that movie. We should have finish. a podcast episode where we do a bracketing list. Yeah. Like, but it's all movie quotes. So if you guys listen to this, please let me know if you think this is a dope idea. Just like like best movie quote of all time. Like your your Adrian versus like Jaws, you're gonna need a bigger boat. Then it's like versus dude. once this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. And like that versus like Luke, I am your father. And he then like I know, I know. He says I am your father. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, 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 say yeah, yeah. Luke at all. We just we just do that. Yeah, it's, it's the like Mandela, Mandela effect. effect. It is oh. the Mandela effect. It <laughs> is. Jinx, you yeah. want me as Oda? Um. But yeah, I'm I'm getting off topic. Um, what are some other movies we can think? Of? Was Decode by Paramore? Was, oh was, God, yes, it was. That, that was made for it. Oh, you're sure that was so, made for yeah, it? Yeah. So okay. Decode was made for it, and then they actually I no I don't know if this song was made for it or if they just used this Paramore song in the movie. But I caught myself mm -hmm. is a song that also plays. It's in the scene. John's never seen Twilight, guys. Please bully him. Um, but, um, for any other Twilight fans who, uh, who were big fans in sixth grade, like I was, um, in the scene where they are looking for the dress for the dance, where they're all in the, uh, in the shop, I caught myself as playing in the background. Okay. Um, so that's a Paramore song that it's just on the soundtrack. They don't really bring it up in the movie at all, but Decode was written for it. And that music video is actually like, it's, I mean, it's Haley Williams and the band in the woods, but there's like scenes from Twilight okay. in the music video. Okay. So it definitely, yeah. And that, and that's, uh, arguably top three best Paramore songs. And time. I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm a, I'm not team Edward. I'm team Thomas Howard from the lighthouse. Oh shit. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can, you can be Edward Robert Pattinson what fan all you oh, want. Oh man. Somebody needs to make like you a goddamn fox. <laughs> I'm sick of your smell. <laughs> I, um, I need someone to make a montage where they any scene that has Edward Cullen in it in Twilight needs to be somehow his character from Lighthouse, like, photoshopped him. I'm really going to be super surprised if I go one podcast throughout the duration of any time I do this podcast where I don't mention Evil Dead or The Lighthouse. <laughs> I'm, they I'm, just come up, man. They, just, they well, just come up. Well, so Evil Dead is just like part of me now literally I, I got a tattoo of it so like mm -hmm. oh shit mom if you're listening i know i didn't tell you about this tattoo <laughs> i'm sorry oh man <laughs> whoops all right only god can judge me anyway um yeah so decode was a cool one decode was good uh what what can we think of that 
Shit, you know what I definitely forgot about when we were talking about cool soundtracks? Um, and scores, really. So I'm just going to touch on this really quick. Scores, also probably maybe the best movie about music of all time, Whiplash. The score was stellar, man. Uh, and the score is so good paired along with the acting that you would really think that uh, J.K. Simmons wrote it. So really good. Also, Drive uh, with Ryan Gosling by Nicholas Winding Refn as far as soundtracks go. Uh, the movie, as far as I'm concerned, is m- more so a s- stinking hunk of shit. Oh. Uh, just because <laughs> there's less than like 500 words said in the movie. It's a cool movie. It it has a really cool aura about it, but like the the soundtrack is what's really good about that. Uh, Real Human Being, Night Call by Kravinsky, a lot of cool techno music. And Nicholas Winding Refn is like well known for making really stylish, stylistic movies. I know I've got a ton of them. I've got Bronson and the Pusher series of Bleeder. He's got a lot of cool movies, including like some of his Danish uh, speaking movies. So uh, delve into him if you've never heard of him. If you like Drive, I think Drive's on Netflix. It is. Yeah, yep, we've seen Drive is. on Netflix. We did. So if you see Drive, if you want to watch that, uh, and if you like it, you should check out some of his other stuff that. All his other stuff's a lot better than Drive is. Um, and really quick, bouncing back before we change the subject. Yeah, because I keep I keep forgetting um, things as for, we keep going. Uh, going back to like songs that were written for movies. Mm-hmm. Being us on topic, still Billie Eilish just released. Yeah, yeah, just released today, which I guess is technically yesterday because we're releasing this podcast tomorrow. Oh yeah, but- happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, uh, so today technically but it's like it's yesterday you get what we mean um <laughs> she just released a song for the james bond movie the new james bond movie which um super proud of her a man 18 years old with her brother writing a song for james bond like who would have doing damn good um but james bond always has these big songs that are written specifically for these movies and we were just talking about a little bit ago when i first listen to this Billie Eilish song about Skyfall <clears throat> and Adele and how iconic that whole period of time was <laughs> where Adele created created Skyfall. So yeah, that one um that one's really good. <laughs> and <laughs> this is specifically for Travail. Shout out to Travail. <laughs> but um because so you guys don't know this yet because you haven't you haven't heard about it, but Travail is a big Adam Sandler uncut gems fan and he no, argues he's a big Adam Sandler fan. Yes, like, but but like specifically he's argued for the last week that Uncut Gems was snubbed for everything. Um but while we're on the topic of music and movies, Adam Sandler does nothing for his movies pretty much but write songs. So like I don't know if you guys <laughs> have seen Eight Crazy Nights or like <laughs> Any of us SNL skits or well, like he, he doesn't. He it's not that he writes a ton of movie, a ton of like you always quote Eight Crazy Nights, and, and it it's a musical, you know. Well, so, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like he, he's 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 not making entire songs a lot. But he's of the like time. a household name. He makes song. sing song. Like he does yeah. a lot of sing song. Uh, is it? <clears throat> I like think it's a Hanukkah one for what's SNL. What's the one? I think it's Happy Gilmore, where the girl walks away and he's like. So hot, want to touch the hiney? Like he's always <laughs> singing. He's always That's singing. What I'm saying. But... He's just yeah. So it's not always like a full song. But what I'm saying is like Adam Sandler is like a household he's name very and like singing. Quote... You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. Be, I mean, they just like you. Like he's easily quotable. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah. Um, another one I forgot about. Maybe, maybe top ten, top five, maybe even scores of all time was a uh, uh, the Saw series. 
See, I haven't seen You haven't seen a lot of them, but that that theme song is so gripping and scary. It it that that should strike real terror into you. That and um Requiem for a Dream with uh um Jennifer Connolly and Jared Leto, which is a movie I will never, ever, ever, ever watch again. <laughs> because it's not because it's bad. It's because he hates Jared Leto. No, 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 no. It's because I was sad for two days after watching that movie. Really? It's one of the most depressing movies. It's like, here, meet all these people. The old lady's going to go nuts, okay? What about Jared Leto and the Wayans brother? Oh, they're addicted to heroin and one of their arms get cut off. What about Jennifer Connelly? She's doing all right, right? Nope. Sex slavery. Like, just, <laughs> oh, God, man. Depressing as shit. I'll never watch it again, but Darren Aronofsky's a genius. He did Black Swan. You just reminded me, and this is so off topic and so random, but for anyone who's seen the YouTube video of the guy who comes home to all the trash across his apartment because he forgot to take the trash out before his dogs got into it. And he goes, well, let's see who, who did this. And he goes up to two of his dogs. He goes like, was it you? No. Was it you? And then he goes, was it Tank? What about Tank? And Tank has the freaking trash can lid stuck on his head. Why did that remind you of that? Because you said, you were like, well, what about this guy? Well, no, he lost his arm. And you're like, well, what about her? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And I was just thinking, what about Tank? Just <laughs> <laughs> What about Tank? You think no, Tank actually, <laughs> Tank made it out of that movie unscathed. It was great. <laughs> just a trash can. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I a, uh, a, a super guilty pleasure of mine, fuck it, I'm not guilty, I don't care, is uh, 90s college teen drinking party movies can't hardly wait american pie um you 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 know what i'm talking about uh, count? There's a, there's no a, it, yes it, it does he shaves his head in the bathroom man what's another euro trip no not euro trip um fuck days are confused no well yeah actually actually yes yeah weirdly i mean i'm kind of more talking about the 90s that's like like in the, main, the 90s, the where, 90s yeah. where they're... No, Days and Confused is made in the 90s. Oh, well, then what are you talking about? No, I'm talking about the 90s where it takes place in the 90s and everyone's got spiky hair and Jinko jeans. <laughs> well, that's like early 2000s. Not that's even. That's like Linkin Park days, man. No, but Can't Hardly Wait was like 96 and Seth Green's sitting there with the snow goggles that's, and that's the Jinko jeans. That's true. Yeah. Man, that's a mess. <laughs> that movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, and... uh. One I one I did kind of want to poke at a little bit. Not not I'm not super deep into this subject, um, but we we did kind of bring it up before the podcast. Uh, something really cool about music and movies is uh, scary movies have somehow found a way. I I did kind of touch on it when I talked about Rob Zombie using Slim Whitman. Uh, scary movies kind of found this way of using old pretty songs. And making them and terrifying, t- dude. Turning them it's into like, this—it's like seeing a doll martyr. on yeah. a shelf. Like yeah. it's not scary. Why am I? Scared? But you know that shit's scary. You know that shit's following you around the room. Uh, like why do you assume every ghost is old? You know, yeah, like, yeah, Why yeah, can't yeah. it be a ghost from last week? It's got to yeah. be a ghost from the 1800s. Like, Insidious what? did tiptoe through the tulips. Ah, shit, man! That whole scene where she's outside with yeah. the trash and she looks in and there's a kid at the record. Yeah, <laughs> well, that that scene, that whole part, also kind of screwed up the first episode of SpongeBob for me. If you've seen oh, the first shit. episode of SpongeBob, right. uh, so tiptoe through the tulips in it, Insidious is by Tiny Tim. Uh, rest in peace, Tiny Tim. Shout out my man, Tiny Tim. Uh, oh my god <laughs> yeah so that song from insidious is by him but also the song uh 
with it living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight, having a wonderful time. That that's the chorus of the song in the SpongeBob episode. Uh, it's also by Tiny Tim. Somehow Look, you got me at a loss, and I'm. I'll show like you it a after SpongeBob this. Freak, I'll show so. you it after this. I think it's uh, "Living in the Sunlight" by Tiny Tim in the first episode of SpongeBob. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'll show you afterwards. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it ruined that for me because now I listen to it and I'm like, oh shit, paranormal ass oh. crusty crab. Wait. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's a bop. Hey. 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 That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah. And well, SpongeBob's a cool little segue into how awesome kids' movies have been about bringing. Yeah. No. Really. Yeah. Uh. I think I think we all know that Shrek's probably the biggest. Well, 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 wait, wait. So Shrek kind of has its own songs that make like okay, so like obviously Smash Mouth, um, and Accidentally in Love, Counting Crows. Like it kind of it kind of brings its own music that makes like Shrek made those songs kind of explode again. But like a lot of kids movies use classic rock or like old fashioned songs, like really for the parents to get a kick out of their kids singing it in the backseat. Yeah. But like like Happy Feet uses Somebody to Love. Ella Enchanted uses Somebody to Love from Queen. Yeah. Like so many of them. I mean, I have the tiger is a big one that's always in um you have journey songs. I mean, there's a lot of songs that are big and popular through like family name bands. What but... is it? Uh it's the song in Happy Feet. It's a which one? It's uh the message by uh Furious Five, Grandmaster Flash. Don't push me because I'm, I'm close to the end. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they used it in a funny way too. Like right. um Madagascar does it. Madagascar. And uh besides even using like popular songs like that, uh we talked about it in the Disney episode, uh Mulan. Lion King. Yeah. Well, and they create, they kind of create the music for them. And I mean, I, I could go on a like tangent about Disney and Disney movies yeah, and creating. Yeah. Them. Look, we'll save it for a John part two. John was episode. not a Disney kid. So he don't even, he's never no, seen No, I wasn't Camp a Rock. Disney Channel kid. You ne- no, you've never seen Camp Rock. You've never seen High School Musical. That's Disney Channel. My point is they made iconic songs. The but, fact that you've never watched and understood I Don't Dance or. This is me from Camp Rock. I mean, these are pivotal. <laughs> uh, I'll make a man out of you. <laughs> that is a bop. That actually is like. I mean, I like probably will the best. Say, uh, I will blast that in the car and not. What's skip it. what's the other one I like from Milan? Um, um, a girl we're fighting for. I like that one even better. Honestly, what do we yeah. want? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And you yeah, know yeah. what? And. And I know you hate it, but a lot of people love him. Um, the guy on YouTube, Paint, who does the—I oh, yeah, don't like him. I don't know why you hate it, but um, after ever after, where he spoofs the, the the princess songs, I actually a lot of them I don't actually know the real words of, but I uh, I, I uh, know <laughs> I know his, so <laughs> I know his version of the song? songs. Yeah, I, I, I hear her. she's let her in. To, uh, what do you mean, let her in? Let her in. I mean, I gotta open this whole door. Hello. She heard us. Are you going to come in or what? Bring her in. Take her Hello. in. Hello. Welcome. Our cat just came in. We're, we're recording. Our cat? That's my cat. I live here too. He hated cats when I met him, so. Um. Yeah. Um. 
real quick before we wrap up, I, I know I know we've mostly been talking about movies, but th- there there are a good couple of shows that we 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 spoke about earlier. Uh, Steffi's favorite Supernatural has a oh, lot of man. a lot of cool well, rock, rock and metal music in it. Well, yeah, they use a lot of um, not the first season. They really didn't have the budget for it in the first season, but like they use a lot of. They have ACDC. Um, I mean, I the Tiger is a big. That's a Led big. Zeppelin. Um, yeah, Led Zeppelin. They have a lot of good ones in that. And we were talking earlier about Breaking Bad, how they create their own and how they use Breaking Bad's really cool because they use a ton of less than popular music. They use like instrumentals. They use... It's almost like a score for a TV show and then they have like a few songs. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and stuff like uh, Out of Time Man by Mick Harvey was a big one. Uh, Didn't I, but I think his name's Devo Devo or something. Mm -hmm. Crystal Blue Persuasion. Crystal Blue Persuasion. That's a a famous song. Yeah, that's famous. That's Um, what I'm saying. It's like they they kind of sprinkle them in there. Baby Blue by Bad Company. Oh, I did not mean to press play that. Tiny Tim back. Dog, that scared. I was like, my phone is possessed and we have to go. Yeah. Um, Shit, that scared me so bad. But yeah, I think think that about wraps it up. As far as we can talk about uh, music and movies. I mean, I'm sure we forgot. I mean, we forgot something, I'm sure. And we, 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 we've, we could definitely talk about it longer, but. I'd really hate to hold you guys for that long. I, I mean, I could really go on. You know me. Um, yeah, he doesn't ever shut up. So yeah. <laughs> well, when it talks about movies, I don't. Um. So for your recommendations for the week, uh, me and Steffi both got some stuff for you uh, on Netflix. I want to go ahead and recommend Train to Busan. Um, especially with a lot of you guys liking Parasite, as do I. Uh, Train to Busan is a super cool South Korean movie. It's. I, I have a lot of. I I have a lot of respect um, for the zombie genre, subgenre of horror. Uh, George Romero, uh, Edgar Wright, and Shaun of the Dead. That's my yeah. second favorite movie ever. Um, but Train to Busan might actually be the technical best zombie movie of all time. Uh, I'm not. I'm not using. I'm not being hyperbolous by saying I cried a lot at the end. It, it's it's very emotional heart-wrenching and 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 somehow in a in a zombie movie where you know everyone's destined to die you you really come into contact and love these characters and feel for them even when a lot of them there's not a lot of speaking going on there's a lot of panic right you know um you want to tell them about your awesome netflix oh god i don't even know where where to begin so my netflix recommendation for you guys is the movie creep I don't even know what category. I, I mean, I guess it would be horror. It's thriller, horror. It's thriller. Found, found footage horror. Found footage thriller horror. Okay, so um, Peach yeah, Fuzz makes it horror. Uh, yeah, that's very yeah. true. I uh, man, it's one of those movies that you can't help but reference whenever things come up after you've seen it. But it definitely makes you very uncomfortable. Um, you really don't know what's going to happen the whole time. Like there was never a point where I could tell you what was going to happen next. Just I mean, it's just really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's pretty much how I can explain it until, until until you see it. It's just it's such an uncomfortable movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Train to Busan and Creep. If you're a fan of Netflix, next we'll go ahead and move on to Hulu. Uh, for Hulu, I've got National Lampoon's Vacation. Um, so Steffi doesn't really have a Hulu suggestion. Yeah, I couldn't find one that was I. So I'm gonna take a little bit of time and tell you guys that one of the best uh, sagas in American comedy movies is the National Lampoon Vacation series. Not so much European Vacation and a little bit Las Vegas, but if you have the opportunity to watch Classic Vacation and Christmas Vacation, you're set. 
you're going to laugh your ass off. They're great, 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 hilarious movies, and I've seen them uh, all throughout growing up. Uh, my parents love, oh, no, the, the cat's, <laughs> cat's trying to climb into some stuff we'll that there. she's, it's, it's okay. I'll, uh, I'll keep going about vacation. Um, Anthony Michael Hall, Chevy Chase. Actually, no, Anthony Michael Hall I don't think is in the first one. I think he's in the second. I don't know, but Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo are in it, and that's enough to really kind of sell you on the first one. And there's more people in the in the uh, in the Christmas Vacation. Um, finally, we're gonna go ahead and do Amazon Prime suggestions. You want to go first? I know you like this movie a lot. Uh, yeah. So my Amazon Prime uh, recommendation is Overboard. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Um, and uh, his wife. Goldie Hawn. No, they're, they're never not- getting married. Are you serious? Yeah, they're never getting married. His significant other. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had never seen it until like a week ago, and um, it's a really cute movie. It's a rom com kind of. I mean, it's, it's a really, great it's, movie. It's, it's a wonderful movie. It's um. Kurt Russell's a dick in it, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you'll he, see. He he, kinda, he he's justified. Yeah, it's he's like it's justified. like a character journey, you know. I mean, like yeah. you really, you really, you really, you fall in love with him. Yeah. But it's um, it's like a rags to riches type of thing. Riches to rags, really. Yeah, for real. So, I was about to say, I don't think anyone really gets rich. It's a, if you're a fan of romance, like rom-coms, like your typical feel-good type of movie, it's it's definitely one of those. It, it's a quotable, referenceable yeah. movie. Yeah, I, I posted it up on the Instagram. I'll, I'll give that Instagram a shout in a little bit. Um, on the opposite side of genres, I'm going to go ahead and recommend Black Christmas. Uh, <laughs> one of the early, early on not not so much B movie, but still kind of low budget horror. Uh, when slashers were just kind of getting its start, this is a from I believe the early '80s or late '70s. So you know it, it's around the Texas Chainsaw uh, Halloween breakout for slasher movies. Uh, it's really cool. It's about a uh, it's about a mysterious killer who is um, kind of creeping in on a sorority's Christmas party, and. Uh, there's some really messed up parts. There's some really funny parts. The the phone conversations at the beginning, I hate to say it made me laugh. Uh, more so for for uh, some of the girls' reactions to it. it. It's it's a super super good movie. If you if you're into older horror movies, I'd say uh, check that out. I, I I like Black Christmas a lot. Um, <clears throat> so before we uh, call it a day, I want to give a shout out to my friends' podcast. Uh, her name's Key. It's called Y'all Not Dizzy on YouTube. Uh, please go check that out. I think she's put up one episode so far. Uh, it's really funny, and she she makes a lot of cool points on the show. Um, so, yeah, please, please give that a check out. And uh, is that about all we got? Yeah, I think. I think so. I mean... We always be talking some shit, so I guess we could always keep going. But yeah, man, uh, do you want to plug anything? Any Instagrams, Twitters? Do you want people to follow you? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess everybody who's listening to this follows me, so they probably follow you. Um, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, guys, if you want more recommendations or anything, you can follow at Seven Five Seven Movie Club on Instagram. You and can Twitter. well, you can follow the Twitter page at Seven Five Seven Movie. Um, I don't post on the Twitter page as much, but you will also get uh, updates. You'll get uh, recommendations. You'll get questions if you like uh, answering polls and talking about things. Just having a little bit of discourse online, you can check out the Twitter as well. Um, yeah, that's really about it. Uh, see you guys next week. Uh, hope Valentine's Day goes dope for all you couples. 
Uh, I mentioned this on a bonus episode I may be dropping. If you're not uh, spending the day with your loved one, watch Midsummer. Watch The Lighthouse. Yeah, really. Watch, go to the movies, see 1917 Uncut Gems, Parasite. Uh, Netflix recommendations, man. We just gave you movies yeah. to watch. Come on. Watch some movies, man. Don't Check be sad. Pop some popcorn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Get a Sunday from McDonald's if the ice cream machine's working. Don't go to McDonald's for a Sunday. Go to Dairy Queen. Go to Cold Stone and get <laughs> some ice cream. Yeah, guys. Eat your feelings. Watch some movies. We love you guys. Uh, have a good morning, afternoon evening, night, whenever you're watching this, and we'll see you next week. Bye.